Welcome to OECD Podcasts, where policy meets people. With temperatures rising and natural disasters occurring more frequently, the climate crisis is on everyone's minds. Countries have come together in an effort to address climate change via international cooperation, and in 2015, the Paris Agreement was adopted. However, the climate crisis is worsening and calls for concrete policy action are deafening. But as we know, to generate world-class policy advice, we need world-class evidence. The OECD produces data to understand and monitor climate change in a way that is coherent with economic accounting practices. But what does this mean exactly? Why is it important to measure our environment and our environmental impact? What is the data telling us? And how can these indicators help policymakers? I'm Ashley Ward, and today we'll try to answer these questions with Daniel Clark, an expert on environmental economic accounting here at the OECD. Thank you, Daniel, for joining me. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Daniel, we know that you and your team contribute to the provision of data to better understand and monitor the environment and our impact. But what does this mean practically? How do you go about producing these data? Uh, Yes, well, as a researcher in the statistics and data directorate, uh, many would probably imagine my role of having my nose, let's say, buried deep in spreadsheets, analyzing and, and, and very much focused on the details of data tables. And that is indeed a very big part of it, of the day-to-day work. However, I also often think about how the fact that I'm working on one of the big topics and big challenges of our time, in particular climate change, and the understanding of this problem as an economic challenge and social challenge, not as an abstract environmental challenge. You know, it's not that long ago, in fact, within the period of my career, that sustainable development as we currently understand it, didn't exist in the mainstream vocabulary. And we tend to think about economic environmental problems more in terms of separate silos. But nowadays, we have this much enhanced demand for integrating measurement about these problems with the understanding that all types of economic activities are driving the problems like climate change and also bear the impacts. And so this is where an international statistical standard like the SIA or the System Environmental Economic Accounts comes in to sort of directly help address these big challenges and address them in a way that meets the times for the sustainable development view and integrated understanding of these problems. Oh, this intersection between the environment and the economy, it really speaks to the, to the discussion that's been going on for a few years now on beyond GDP and how since the pandemic, we really need to think about not just building our economies back, but building back better and building back in an inclusive. And in this case, we're thinking about doing it in, in a sustainable or a, or a green way. But do these economic and environmental indicators always fit together cleanly? Um, how does the system of environmental economic accounting or, or the SIA, as you said, how does this system help to square these two beasts? Yes, so precisely. So a big part of the work related to the, the environmental accounting or the SIA is gathering data from a lot of different sources, often in different units, different scope, and all types of reasons that would require additional computations uh, and considerations to reach this alignment between the economic environmental indicators. But the main benefit of this work is for information to point towards efficient solutions for mitigating climate change, for example. And sometimes there are even important economic opportunities from addressing these challenges. So we need detailed information. And I think the role of the CIA is really to follow up on the identification of the problem and commitments to address the problem with the detailed information on 
okay, where are the opportunities to address this problem? What technologies are emerging? What sectors of the economy are making a big difference or not for addressing the problem? Okay, so it sounds like the system really helps to to break these things down. Um, and you've talked a little bit about the work of your team on the implementation of the SEER. So is this is this just the work of the OECD? Are you tackling this alone? Uh, no, uh, as I mentioned, the SEER was adopted uh, by the UN as an international standard uh, back in 2012. And this has created a, a global coordination mechanism involving a lot of different national international organizations. And that mechanism includes a task force to develop global SIA databases, which is chaired by the OECD. And we are also at our team here uh, leading the work to develop the air emission accounts. Okay, so when we think about air emissions, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is CO2, but are we just talking about CO2? What do the air emissions accounts include exactly? Well, in principle, the, these accounts include all emissions to air of pollutants and all of the greenhouse gases, including the CO2. And the idea is organizing this information by economic activities in alignment with all of our other economic indicators. And that includes key sectors like international transport, for example. Okay, so we, we've got these air emissions accounts that the, that the OECD is, is leading the work in, as it were. So with this database, you, it's already public, right? So is your, is your work complete? I mean, to put it, to put it another way, are, are you out of a job? <laughs> no, uh, fortunately, um, this is not the case. Uh, statistical work is, is it's always a continuous uh, process, especially as we are living in a time when computational power and access to new data sources is rapidly expanding the possibilities in terms of improving the quality of our measurements and expanding what we can deliver in, in terms of granularity and coverage of statistics. And a key example of this from our, our current work is international transport and um, some work we did recently on the estimation of emissions for, for air transport, which became very interesting at the onset of the, of the recent pandemic. Uh, so, I mean, this this makes sense. We all know that during the pandemic, the inter international transport was very difficult. Not not as many people were traveling. And we saw a lot of stories about how the pandemic was resulting in sort of uh, this this huge climate benefit. So so what are the what are the key findings of your research in the context? So indeed, yeah, the pandemic had a, a very large effect on this work on the emissions estimates in many different ways, including on the methodology. So before the pandemic, we were actually developing an approach based on input of data on scheduled flights. And as, as you can probably imagine, this, this became untenable at the time of the pandemic as all the scheduled flights became no longer a, a good reflection of the reality given the massive cancellations, especially for international passenger travel. But this brought about an opportunity. Our partners, uh, the International Civil Aviation Organization, or ICAO, which uh, provided access to actual flight data and much more detailed data on flights that were actually happening during the pandemic, whether freight flights, which were relatively unaffected, or passenger flights, which were greatly affected, especially at the international scale. So the pandemic created a very significant blip in this longer-term trend that we see for of steady growth in emissions from international transport in general, including from in aviation. And this is why having the highly granular information to produce these bottom-up estimates for the emissions from aviation were really important in order to understand 
the effects of crises, what they mean for emissions and what they might mean for, for policies in the future. So that's on the flights issue, but you also mentioned the other sort of cross-border transport issue producing CO2 emissions, and that's that shipping. How far has the work come on that? Yeah, so indeed, this is another area that's very important in the accounts and for the emissions. Through our partnership with the UN, we have access to a very interesting data set called AIS, which is a ship tracking device. Um, And like with the aviation data set, this data set originally developed for safety reasons, basically for collision avoidance. And so we are working to try to apply this data for a different purpose, which is to produce estimates of of CO2 emissions, which we would then aggregate and describe in in ways that are relevant to policy via the integrated accounting. This work is ongoing and under under discussion, but it's already resulting in a lot of interesting uh, conversations with, with stakeholders. And I would just point out that international transport in general, including the shipping, but also the air transport, is really a, a major part of the economy's lifeblood. Right? This is a, how we circulate goods and, and, and people. And policies, especially for international transport, tend to be complex and fragmented, and thus really require detailed information to, to be able to break down and monitor. And, and, that's, and so that's why we need to understand these CO2 emissions in, the, in, in this very granular uh, way. Yeah, I mean, of course, these are uh, shipping and and air transport are both a big part of the globalization that's been coming forwards over the last decades. Um, you touched on policy there for a second, but based on your research, what is the role or what could the role of the system of environmental, environmental economic accounts be in the development of climate change policy? Mm-hmm. Okay, well... I mean, I think that we live in an increasingly data-driven society. And so the demands for all types of information are very high and users of statistics are going to seek out and acquire the information from somewhere. Also, at the same time, and this is a good thing, fortunately, there has been this movement that I described at the the beginning of our conversation towards more integrated, let's say, sustainable development thinking, which is a better understanding of the way that the, these environmental and economic forces interact. And so we need to provide information for the current times, for the current decade, uh, in which we have this increasing uh, demand for ever more detailed data and the need for integrated policymaking that is not siloed between, uh, for example, different economic and environmental problems. And I believe that the SIA framework is really the one of the best tools that we have from the measurement point of view to meet these emerging you know, demands of policymakers. Of course, you're, you're obviously right. It's the evidence that needs to be driving the, the policymaking. And that's, that's a big part of the OECD's approach towards evidence-based policy advice. Now, I just wanted to finish with something that's sort of immediately relevant, and that's COP27, which will gather leading analysts and policymakers in November. How is OECD's evidence going to contribute to this sort of big annual gathering? Sure, sure. Well, I think what I would say on that is, uh, firstly, clearly uh, climate change is an international problem. It cannot be solved by any country alone. And so these meetings and the international agreements and target setting are very, very important um, for moving forward. But these uh, kind of uh, agreements and targets are usually set at a relatively macro perspective. And of course, they have to bring in a lot of different 
considerations because it's an international negotiation. And a lot of different considerations are put into play to determine these fairly macro, but again, very important national targets. So I think our role as researchers and uh, uh, people working on those integrated accounts is to look at what is decided and look at what is discussed in, in, the, in the meetings and then put our noses right back into those spreadsheets again with the main question in mind, okay, now here's the context where are the opportunities to address the problem and to achieve the, the commitments and targets that, that are put forward during the meeting? Thanks. Thanks, Daniel. I, I found that particularly interesting. Statistics and data are clearly an important component of the climate debate, and they're vital to effective decision making. Um, so thank you very much for taking the time to join me today. You know, it was a pleasure. Thank you. I hope to be back soon with another expert OECD statistician. In the meantime, if you want to know more about the work of the OECD's Environmental Economic Accounting Team, you can find more material on our dedicated channel at oecd.org forward slash sdd forward slash eea. To listen to other OECD podcasts, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soundcloud.com slash oecd.